Welcome back to another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. And I'm excited that Louis Pugh, the Executive Vice President of OIDA, is spending a little bit of time with us today. Louis, what is up, my friend? Hey, it's my pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. And uh, just hanging out here at the office of Green Valley, trying to stay busy and uh, fight for the rights of truckers, right? <laughs> Louis, you know, Louis, we could have, we might have been able to do this one in person because you're right down, you're right down 70 highway from us. You know, we're working on getting our studio set up for this podcast and a lot of other stuff at Arrow. We should have just, we should have just called you up and had you come down. Yeah, that'd have been fine. I'd do anything to get out of the office. But anytime you <laughs> want me to come on, just give me a call. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, hey, you- I'm still a trucker, so I still have a lot of wanderlust, I guess you would say, and me like to get out and go somewhere. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, we'll, we, we'll, we'll, I'll keep that in in mind next time, and uh, you know, next time we hit you up, we'll make sure to. Uh, We'll make sure to get you here to the to the uh, to the new studio. But Louis, I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, we just want to talk to you about a bunch of different things. But first off, we always just like to hear about the person we're talking to. I want to hear about your, uh, you know, your history in the trucking industry. Well, um, I started trucking, um, I guess, professionally when I turned twenty-one. Uh, prior to that, I drove truck in the army. That's what I did. Um, graduated high school, left the day after I graduated, went to the service, drove tractor trailer in the army. And it seemed like that's all I wanted to do. I always make the joke, but there's a lot of truth to the fact I grew up on a farm in Ohio, but there's a lot of truth that I, uh, I, ever since I saw smoking a bandit, all I ever want to do is be a truck driver. So with that being said, as soon as I turned 21, I got my CDO on my 21st birthday and went to work for a big motor carrier for about nine months and found out when my fit. So I went to work for a local owner operator back home in Ohio, where I'm from originally. And I worked for him for about nine months. And then I bought my own truck and I had my own truck until 2018 or 19. I actually came off the road in 2017 when I was asked to come here to Ida to work. And I kept my truck for about a year and a half, two years, just to make sure I could, uh, give it up completely i guess you'd say and i guess i have but i sure do miss it a lot but after being an owner operator for 20 plus years small business and uh like i said i've always loved trucking i love truckers and yeah yeah, it's a different lifestyle it's a hard lifestyle and uh but i was very blessed to be in the industry i still consider myself blessed and as hard as the industry was it was very good it's been very good to me my entire career and I, there's not much I can, as far as trucking itself, there's not much I can say bad about it. Now, if we want to talk about some of the stuff that's happening to trucking, then that's, but that's not because of trucking. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Louie, what was your last truck thing? My last truck? Yeah. Was a, a 2012 International Pro Star. Nice. Um, I bought, I, I bought new, I, and um, unfortunately, I had some issues like some others did with the max force engine and lived all the pollution stuff firsthand. I was kind of debating at the time because I traded trucks every four to five years. I was going to get a glider and looking back, that would have been a smart choice. But at the time with who was the the people in office and in charge, I was afraid that maybe gliders were going to kind of get put out and you're going to have to have it. So that's why I bought it. But that was the bad part. The good part was, and I'll say this, Navistar and my local dealer back in Ohio, uh, Truck Sales in Midvale, Ohio, they 
they they did everything they could to take care of me and make things right. And they did. I have I won't say anything bad about it at all because they, you know, everybody has problems. If you, it's what you do when you have that problem is what makes the difference. And they did what they should do. And and I'm forever grateful for that as well. All right, Louis. We asked this question to everybody that uh that comes on this podcast. I'm excited to ask you because you're not too far removed from the road. What makes a successful driver? There's a lot of things that make a successful driver. <laughs> um, I guess as far as, and there's more things that make successful in operators. I mean, I had two and a half million miles and I, I say, and I, I, and I stand by it. Luck has a lot to do with it. Skill as well. I mean, you don't, you're not a safe driver if you don't have some skill training, you know, listening to people who have done it for years, paying attention to them, paying attention to the road, paying attention to your truck. There's a lot of things that go into it. But I do. And, you know, I mean, probably people are like, oh, my, I don't say that. But it's true. Luck has a lot to do with it. And I mean, I, every trucker can tell you, you it's been split seconds that saved me from an accident. Mm. And, and I, the majority of my career, I trucked from Ohio to the East Coast. So I was in New York City, Boston, Baltimore, Philly, Washington, D.C., all great places, you know, with no traffic. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of my record. And just like all truckers, nobody wants to go out and have an accident. But I think there's a lot that goes into it. But training and, and just learning to pay attention, experience, and a lot of that stuff. I, I wish that uh, larger motor carriers and stuff would take some of that to heart with their guys because it seems like we're – we're going down a road wanting safety things instead of worrying about chaining that guy behind the wheel. And I was fortunate, I feel, personally, because I grew up on a farm. So from the time I was a very little kid, I was driving a tractor and equipment and around that kind of stuff and was driving a, a vehicle at 12 or 13 around on the backcountry farm roads and pulling chairs. So I had a lot of, I, I guess I had the motor skills. I'd learned the motor skills at a young age which was fortunate for me, but that doesn't take away from the fact maturity levels and other stuff that I probably didn't have when I was 19, 20, even 21 or 22. You know, I, I still, sometimes at 47, maybe I. <laughs> All right, Louis. So we always like to ask this too, because you know, you're in a different you know position than you were when you were out on the road. Um, what is your role right now uh, in the truck driver story with Elida? What is, you know, what kind of are you doing? uh to to help drivers find success well i'm the executive vice president here at oida and with that you know besides doing advocacy i mean advocacy is a big part of my role here in normal times when covid's not going on i spend a lot of time in the capital we at oida have lobbyist office in dc i spend a lot of time going out there working with them i mean our lobbyists do a great job but you know they never drove truck i can give that ass side of it work with our members. I go to a lot of truck shows, stuff like that, talk to our members so I can keep fresh on what's going on the road. And then the one, the big thing that I like to talk about is we do this thing here since I came, came to Ohio, we started this thing with our foundation called Truck to Success, which is a chance for guys who drive truck to learn how to be good business guys and learn to be owner operations and general motor carrier if they choose to do so, which I, I'm, I'm proud of our team that does that and proud of being part of that as well because that's there's no that's the problem in trucking i feel it's it's very hard and it was hard for me it's very hard to find good information or good good education it seems like you get everybody's spin on it 
You know, it's whether it's from the carrier, they want you to be a good company employee. And and I'm not saying it's bad, but you, you get the company store mentality or you get the truck stop lawyer, or you get this. It's really hard to separate the, the chaff from the straw at times. Mm. So, you know, this, you know, this last, you know, couple of years has been pretty crazy. You know, there's been, you know, there's been a lot with the industry. Uh, there's been a lot with how, you know, people within the industry have to do business a little bit differently. What have you noticed the most about the last couple of years of the trucking industry that's just changed so much? Uh, I think like I, I probably is guys have honestly, and I mean, I see it even with our board of directors because our board of Ohio is made up of drivers. We've all had to get a lot more technology savvy, including me, even in this office, mm. because two years ago, I didn't know how to do any, a Zoom meeting or have any of that kind of stuff. Now it seems like I got 20 of those apps on my phone because everybody <laughs> uses a different platform and Truckers are having to learn that. Truckers can't get in places due to COVID restrictions. Um, you, you know, so that's good, bad, or indifferent. And some of the bad stuff, you know, it's just like I hear stories, and we still hear them, where guys aren't allowed in the warehouse and not allowed to use restrooms and stuff like that, which is – that was always a problem in the past when I was on the road, but it just seems like it's really gotten exasperated thanks to um, – for thanks to COVID and stuff, you know, and everybody was social distancing and all this other stuff. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know, we can all argue that point, and that's for another day. But in the end, that seems like you know, guys don't have the access. They don't have the access to food. Um, seems like we've lost more parking and stuff like that. So uh, there's been a lot of bad changes as well. Okay, so, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about and something you guys are working on out there is, you know, there's a, been a bipartisan bill introduced in the, in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, the Colum Owings Large Truck Safe Operating Act. Um, I know you guys made a, a pretty quick re response, you know, sent a letter to the U.S. DOT um, kind of explaining your argument. Can you just kind of maybe give us an outline of the proposal for the Colomowings Large Truck Safety Operating Act and what OIDA's um, what OIDA's stance, what their response to that was. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about speed limiters. They want to speed limit trucks. And, of course, this is something that OIDA has fought for years and years and years in different forms and different fashions. We're not a, we're not a proponent of speed limiting vehicles at all. We believe that traffic should the, – the safest is everybody going the same speed. And I think that's been proven time and time again in states. I mean, even my own. But with that, what they wanted to do was – trucks, they want to put everybody 65 – but if you would put a couple of safety technology, one was um, uh, advanced or automatic brake braking, and then as adaptive cruise control. If you put those two things on your truck, then you could turn your truck up to 70, which again is still slower than the speed limit in some states in the West. So we're still creating that. So now we're going to have not only two split speed limits, but actually there'll be three because you're going to have 65 mile an hour trucks. 70 mile an hour trucks, and then whatever the cars get to run up and down the highway. And so, yeah, we reached, I mean, when this came out, we immediately wrote a letter explaining our point of view and our side, and we are continue and will continue to fight this kind of stuff. Again, I go back to what I said in the beginning. It used to be about all these states had split speed limits, and now, I think there's seven or nine, I forget which it is left that have split speed limits. And, and, you know, I lived in Ohio 
And Ohio was infamous for it. And nobody ever thought we'd get rid of 55 for trucks in Ohio because Ohio made a lot of money off of that. But the State Patrol was pretty good at enforcing that. And uh, But they finally, on the toll road, put it to, to everybody running the same speed on the Ohio Turnpike. And they found out that accidents went down, there was less crashes, so then they did it for the whole state, which was, you know, kudos to the state of Ohio for doing that. And a lot of other states have done that, too. I mean, again, it goes back to kind of what I said earlier when you asked me what makes a good driver. We, too many people out here, and unfortunately, are getting wrapped up in all these technology ideas. And, you know, let's put all this technology on these trucks, and it'll make them safer. Okay. What happens when technology doesn't work? And some of this technology isn't proven. I've never driven a truck with automatic braking, personally. Mm. But I can't believe, or I have a hard time believing, that it's always the safest. Because on wet roads or slippery, icy roads, um, you know, trucks aren't like cars. I, I know it seems to work on cars. I don't I haven't heard there's a lot of issues. But one, cars are a lot, lot, lot lighter. So, you, they, you know, you don't have the impact of them crashing. But also cars, use our hauling things that move. I mean, I look at a tanker. I pulled a tanker for a little while. That stuff's constantly back there moving. And I always joke, when you start driving a tanker, you have to learn to drive all over again. And I did. And because you have to learn to time your shifts, you have to learn to time your braking and all these things. So I don't, again, I'm not a technology person. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to say that I'm wrong. But I still find it hard to believe that in real world situations that that stuff is always safer. Plus, again, it goes back to what if that technology breaks? What if that technology fails? There's nothing better than a trained person behind the wheel. And I use airplanes, for example. We know all airplanes can fly themselves. They get up in the sky and all that stuff my, is my understanding. But we train the pilot to fly it because if that stuff goofs up, he's got to be able to fly the plane. <laughs> so why wouldn't we want trucking to be the same way? Sure. You know, we have all these little band-aids, but again, at the end of the day, it goes back to let's start training drivers. Let's put graduated licenses in their apprenticeships or at least a minimum standard of hours of training. I say it all the time. In Ohio, I think it was 1,600 hours to cut hair. But if you can pass CDL tests, you're driving a truck. <laughs> I mean, I, you're looking at a guy that did it, you know, and thank God, you know, nothing happened. I said, but but the good thing with me was I had experience in the military prior to that. I had experience on the farm mm -hmm. and stuff. A lot of people don't have that. And, and that, that's, again, it's just to me, it's one of these workarounds. It's, it's big carriers and stuff wanting to push their agenda, take away the a competitive advantage to say a little bit to an owner operator because their guys can run the speed limit. And, you know, I was an owner operator. I'm not going to say that I didn't speed once in a while, but for the most part, owner operator, you're buying the fuel. And the faster you go, the more fuel you burn. I mean, I know a lot of owner operators that don't drive the speed limit just to conserve fuel, but that's their choice. And so you're taking that thing, you take safety out of the hands of the driver. We've all drove up and down the highway when we've come up on somebody, whether they're sleepy and they're swerving, whether they got their pickup truck loaded with stuff they're moving and they don't have stuff tied down like it should, or a bunch of junk or a little trailer. We've all come up on somebody that we just want to get past and get away from. And you, you, you take that ability away from these truckers. 
you create road rage because we've all seen that they call the elephant races, which is everybody's going the same speed, but I don't care if my truck's at 65 and your truck's at 65, it's still not going to be exactly the same speed. Or maybe there's a little bit of weight difference or whatever. And I come up and decide to pass you and it takes me nine miles to get past you. And by this time, traffic is all, you know, backed up behind us. So it creates road rage situations. Mm. It takes away that safety. And another thing to think about, owner operators, a lot of them drive older equipment, especially nowadays with the with the problems with the, um, you know, the EPA stuff and some people on truck guys kind of been keeping their older trucks. Like I said, I had issue those issues myself. Probably should have kept my older truck. But with that being said, you can take a guy who's got an older truck. If this would pass, he could drive that. He could have been driving for 25 years, never had an accident. And he's going to have to drive 65 while some kid who just come out of trucking school that's 21 years old, no experience, gets in a truck with these two safety things and he can drive 70. Now, how does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I get you. I get you, man. Um, so one one final question I have for you, because we're talking about, you know, owner operators and there's there's guys out there that might be want, wanting to become a first time owner operator. What is your one piece of advice to someone wanting to become a first time owner operator? Um, take truck to success at OIDA. <laughs> call us. It's in all, end of October, but, but, um, seriously, from real world and, you know, I mean, but seriously, I would say that because there is no trucking out there for dummies, owner off, becoming an owner of dummies. It's a great thing, but without being an infomercial, what I would say <laughs> to guys and what I learned personally, look around, find other owner operators that are successful and go talk to them. Don't talk to their truck stop lawyers. Don't talk to the guy who's got 18 ball tires and his hood doesn't match his cab. And I mean, no disrespect to anyone when I say that, but you learn, that's how I became successful. And I mean, I bought my first truck at 22 years old, truck, trailer, equipment, and went into business. But I was fortunate enough that I knew people in my area that were successful, been in the industry forever. I had worked for a small owner operator and, you know, they taught me the business. I stayed kind of in what I knew. That's another thing, but mainly surround yourself with successful people and you can be successful too. Louis Pugh, Executive Vice President of OOIDA. <laughs> thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you for so many thoughtful answers to, your, to the questions I asked. Really appreciate your time, my friend. No problem, Kent. Thanks for having me on. I love anytime you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. My pleasure. Oh, oh, I'll be hitting you up soon. That <laughs> is another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time watching, listening, wherever you're consuming this. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Catch you later.